The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode six. Going to talk about everyone's favorite stuff, underperforming baseball players. That is the topic of today. And you think I'm kidding, but no, it's actually got a lot of reaction. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter at BDentric and my co-host, as always, on this endeavor on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how we doing, man? Doing better than than Philly fans tonight uh, as we record this Thursday night. Ooh. Yeah, that's a big oof. Seven run ninth to the Mets. That was brutal. And Corey Knable with the blown save. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. It yeah, it is funny. What, what we'll talk about tonight is is kind of slow starters, and and I think misery loves company. I think yep. people just love to uh, to get on Twitter and vent, and it feels better. I know I do sometimes. So you put out a list of guys who are underperforming, and uh, you hear you hear from everyone, and it's 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 therapeutic. I think. Yep. Yeah, we, you don't hear as many people. Well, you got the victory lappers out. So let me clarify that real quick. But you don't hear as many people going, "Oh yeah, look at so and so is just crushing." Like Jazz Chisholm's crushing it for me this year. No, they look at the three guys that are like making them a sixth place team or something, and that that's the problem out there. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be fun to go through that and um, 
and see where we what our thoughts are on these players because there will be like uh, Matt Modica said it today and I think it's it does need to be discussed more and it kind of goes into the misery loves company thing and I commented on it because I, I try to write more articles in his vein of his question of we don't always talk about negative regression why don't we talk about positive regression we might have some positive regression stuff here so it's kind of fun it's kind of going to go hand in hand with uh, how I started my morning basically on Twitter to our podcast tonight and um, I'm all about that positive regression. So we'll have some fun there. And a, Yank, a uh, Phillies fans, there's only some positive regressions to come. Like, you can't get much worse than that. Like, it was so funny you opened with that because I'm feeding my daughter. It's seven to one, Nola pitch seven. And I'm sitting the whole time I'm watching Nola, I think about you, which sounds weird. But we always talk about it. It's like, okay, he's pitching great. When's like the four runs going to come? Like, it's just, it was matter. And he got through it. He got through it. And I'm like, okay, sweet. And then I feed my daughter, get done, wash her hands and everything. Look at scores again, and I'm like, what just happened? It's eight to seven. <laughs> it was wild. wild. Aaron, Nola, Aaron Nola is cursed, man. I think Nick Pollock yeah. put something out there tonight to, to that effect. Even when he does get through, even when he doesn't have that two-homer game with eight Ks and one walk, uh, that happens. So it's it's brutal. I think Nola has like a .8 whip on the year and one win. Um, that's 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 the way it goes with him. And and yeah, a little weird when, when you see Nola, you think of me, but – but I'll, I'll take it, man. <laughs> yeah. I was, about to say, I was about to say, let me go. It's going to be sound weird, but like we've talked about him so much and like been yeah. through the ups oh, and downs yeah. forever yep. with Nola. So it's like the first thing I think about. Um, but yeah, let's talk. Let's talk some recent news. Last week, we had a ton of injuries, like just a bunch of them. Got a few this week, more COVID than anything, which is uh, starting to like the Giants just got Yaz back, belts on the COVID IL. Um, these guys actually have symptoms. So, but the system's also working because they're not putting the whole team on the, the IL. So there's something going on, which that's a positive. Let's take a positive out of this. And we'll start with the twins, where I, I I'm a sarcastic person. So I kind of thought it was ironic that Dylan Bundy gets shelled on Wednesday. And it's like next day he's going to the COVID IL. Then Luis Arias went on. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not just like, hey, let's go put him on the bench for a bit. There's actually something going on in Minnesota. Um, Bundy's going to be out. I, I think they might take advantage of this time for Dylan Bundy, but um, with uh, Luis Arias going to the IL, there's going to be some moving parts there in Minnesota. So uh, how would you approach this if, say, you're looking for like a one-week rental potentially with any Twins players, if you are? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's if I am, and, I'm, and probably not. I mean, the thing with the COVID IL, even with symptoms and whatnot, it's so hard to tell like when they're going to come back. Um, I mean, with Bundy, you – you probably are. This is probably that final nail in the coffin that you're not starting him anyway after that nine run disaster. After I praised, sung his praises last week about his slider usage and all that stuff, he goes out and gives up nine. Um, so that's your that's your final nail to not start Dylan Bundy next week. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe you know you don't want to make light of it, but maybe this comes at the right time for him where he just needs to take a breather and 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 that sort of thing so um i'm not really looking at any films especially with arias too not sure when he, he's kind of a utility guy anyway so you're getting more of just utility-ness and even though that's not a word that's something that's not really fantasy relevant for me so i'm just kind of waiting this one out um and yeah still hurting from dylan bundy i have an al tout wars who might still be startable in that format and i was about to say you only. Have, i was about to say at least yeah. in al only you have a little more like well i kind of you know had to do this <laughs> my alternative is ryan yarborough which, which i probably will better. go with him but it's it's yeah. not a whole lot better like yeah you don't feel great putting putting him in there but um i don't know maybe maybe a zero from bundy next week will be better than either of those two options 
that's why I don't know how you like I give you guys kudos for doing it. I don't know how you guys play only leagues because like I love my twelves. I've talked about over fifteens for having ability to get guys off the waiver wire in your only leagues. You guys are just like you have to throw Dylan Bundy. So much fun. Like it's it's the way of the world, but uh it's fun stuff. We'll stick in Minnesota where Miguel Snow had meniscus surgery. So his knee, that's not good. Gonna be out. Usually it's a two to four week thing. With him, it could be even longer. Uh, it could be a four to six potentially. Um, Jose Miranda got the call. He's been playing first base. He can play second. He can play third. So he can be all. He can be your new Luis Arias, but with power, which could be fun. It's been a kind of slow start, but he's mashed in the minors last year. Mashing to start this year. Any interest in uh, maybe some Jose Miranda? Because I believe he was called up on Sunday this last week. So this should be an NFBC thing this weekend, unless I missed something there. Yeah, I believe he'll be available for next weekend NFBC. We we've got Miranda as we as in baseball HQ have Miranda as the, as the number five fantasy prospect for the Twins entering this season. Right after Yoan Duran, um, Belazovic, Austin Martin, obviously Royce Lewis at the top. So we think pretty highly of Miranda as a fill-in, and it does sound like this is going to be pretty not permanent, but it sounds like Sano is going to be out a while. So I think Miranda gets a pretty extended shot. Um, numbers weren't great at AAA, hit 256, 295 OBP, but the power has been there for 42 slug and a couple bombs, uh, but 30 homers last year across two levels. So like you do have some of that pop, which um, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later on. It has been few and far between so far this season. So um, yeah, Miranda's interesting, probably not in, in 12 mixers, but probably in 15s. I'm looking at uh, seeing how he does this weekend and 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 possibly putting in a bid just because of the power in the high minors and our uh, our pretty glowing scouting report um, over at HQ. You know, honestly, I hope he kind of struggles this weekend. To be honest with you, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, because I, I still think he he's going to get the run, which will eventually turn into something, and I'm willing to give that a shot. Um, so yeah, it, he's going to be a fun one to see uh, the world of, of bidding in between 15s and 12s and the craziness that ensues because early in 15s where the waiver wire is so limited, a guy with his power potential in a world that's lacking power, like you said, we'll talk about. That's pretty intriguing. Very, very intriguing. Yep. And uh, he might be, yeah, if he keeps, I mean, Miranda's one for 13 so far, but he hasn't struck out in any of those yep, 13 at bats. I mean, we're looking at really, really small samples, but, but you're right. Like you kind of do want that price to stay down if you're, if you're interested in Miranda long-term. So um, yeah. yeah, a couple bombs this weekend, that price shoots uh, way up and it's ironic because uh edmund just got an rbi single for the cardinals and rob dipietro drops in the chat and says what's up fellas so it's like yeah. he's cursing my giant tommy is that you yeah it's like oh man he's just always doing something let's go to the oakland athletics cole irvin to the aisle with a shoulder injury i haven't seen anything else about that just yet it dropped uh late on thursday he was scheduled to start on friday obviously that is not happening uh, the A's are a mess. Let's just put it that way. That's the nicest way. Hope Scott Jinstead takes it appropriately. But uh, they are a mess. They're not a Cincinnati Reds mess, but they're a mess. So I honestly don't know if there's actual replacement worth rostering, but what's your thoughts on uh, Irvin to the I.O.? I mean, I think I think Irvin managers are getting are getting saved. They're getting bailed out here because despite the 293 RA, the 116 whip from Irvin, uh, there was not much going well under the hood. 8.8 swinging strike rate, like the controls decent, some ground balls um, in that park. But um, he's more of a, I think, like a mid force, maybe five ERA type of guy. And that regression, I will say negative uh, regression is looming 
for Urban, and he's going to miss out on that uh, because of the shoulder thing. So, yeah, the A's are a mess. Like it sounds like maybe, and I'm and I probably will mispronounce this, but Zach Logue, uh, Zach Logu. He's supposed to, get to start a. on Friday, I think. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. he's going to start, but like has 13 strikeouts and uh, 16 innings with a 563 RA in AAA. Um, you 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 tack on just that team, like it's going to be almost impossible to get a win with the lack of run support on Oakland, even though the goat Roman Ramon Laureano is coming back on Sunday. Um, that'll be a little bit of a boost, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can really want to dive into the A's rotation waters just because there's not much there in terms of depth and there's not much there in terms of run support. It's going to be a long, long season in Oakland. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Very bad. Like Ryan said it much nicer than I did. Um, and what you can do is you can stack against the A's on Friday night in DFS. That would be a fun one for you. If uh, if this guy's going to throw that much pitching to contact, enjoy You'll have plenty right. of chances to stack next week. They have, I think, nine games. Nine games. Next yep. week. Yep, uh, that's why the only reason why I wrote it up in an article, I tweeted it out on Saturday. I said everyone wants that four game, like because it's cool this weekend. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati have four games in three days, which is cool for that kind of biweekly set. But the A's have nine games next week. So I was like, if you're going to start, if you want a roster for quote-unquote get maximizing at-bats like people do, Pick them up last week for cheap because they're like they're, there will be leagues where guys get way overbid on just because they're getting nine games. So keep that one in mind. All right, Andrew Vaughn, White Sox. Tony the Russo must have made this decision. That's all I can think of because Andrew Vaughn was held in the hand about four days ago, five days ago maybe, and he hasn't played since then. And then he finally went on the IL, so it's retroactive to May second. So that's three days ago technically, but um, yeah, he's gonna be out for a bit because it's it's technically still just a bone bruise, is what they're saying. But if it's this messed up, like I'm kind of wondering if it's more than that potentially with Andrew Vaughn. So how are you? Uh, how are you handling this situation? Yeah, that's kind of what. Yeah, it's just there's kind of there's some smoke here, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's just a bruised hand, and you know, and maybe it is, but it's obviously not healing the way that they want it to, and they're already halfway to the 10 day stint. So maybe they're just saying, all right, let's get the extra roster spot maybe it's something deeper than that. So I think if you, if you've got Vaughn in most leagues, especially like NFBC or no ILs, I think you're holding him just to see what happens next week um, in terms of like the severity of the injury Um, in terms of replacements, things like some combination of Gavin sheets, Adam Engel, Lurie Garcia. uh, None of those three really do anything for me. And it doesn't sound like any of those three are going to be kind of the everyday guy in replacement. So you take that lack of, uh, what I think will be an everyday role for either of those three guys with their lack of skills. And I'm not really looking uh, to take any of those three. Yeah, it's rough. I'm not, I'm not looking for much like sheets would be the only guy that kind of intrigued me for his power, but that's not even really been there. So it, it is tricky. Uh, like if you want multi-position guys, Lori does have that, but again, not knocking the cover off the baseball. There's probably some other options. Like I don't, I'd rather have Sheldon noisy in Oakland for nine games. Sure. They'll get Lori Garcia. Uh, sure. Rob DiPietro says Jed Lowry. I'd probably give Jed Lowry for nine games a shot. Uh, over <laughs> Larry Garcia, so a healthy Jed Lowry, that. absolutely. Yeah, yes, I would, yeah. yeah. Those, those kinds of guys, you take the volume with. Um, yeah. yeah, a timeshare, really. I mean, some of these guys with with Garcia, Engel, Sheets, you're probably getting two or three games for sure, and yeah. then maybe a pinch hit appearance. So um, it's it's tough to tough to target any of those guys. And and I'm with you. I I would hold on to Vaughn as long as you can because he was like locked in before this yeah. took place, and so I I'd really try to to not get crazy with the ad drops on that one. 
All right, Cincinnati, oh, yeah. cover your ears. Um, Joey Votto to the COVID IL. They said he has symptoms. They're minor, but he actually has symptoms. So this could be one of those that takes about a week or so. We'll see how this one goes. There's not longer. Um, Tyler Naquin and Nick Senzel to the IL. Not COVID technically that I saw, but it seems like it's COVID. And then uh, Jonathan India reaggravated his hamstring, which is troublesome. Um, I totally forgot right now the beat reporter for the Reds on the Athletic. He has a red logo and everything. C. He's Trent been... Rosencrantz. Yeah, C. Trent Rosencrantz had one of the best. I literally laughed out loud when I saw it. He quote tweeted the Reds lineup and said, this reminds me of a Cactus League baseball game. So um, <laughs> how do you approach this? <laughs> this is bad, like really bad. There's really, at least on the Reds roster, it's very difficult. Let's put it that way. It is. I do like so if we're comparing what we just talked okay, about with Brandon Drury is where you're going, I'm thinking. Yes, Brandon Drury is where I'm going. I have actually yeah. I have yeah. I had a Brandon Drury crush back when he was in Arizona. Like he was legit back in like 2016, 2017, 16 homers in 2016, 282 batting average. Just never really got going after that, pretty much because of inconsistent playing time. It wasn't really injury or anything. Um the skills from Brandon Drury so far have been elite and he's hitting I mean, you can make fun of the order all you want, but in fantasy, I don't really care. I've I've always been a proponent of looking at guys. You know, the Cedric Mullins is the is the obvious example from last year. They're going to rack up plate appearances on bad teams, even if it is in the short term. Brandon Drury's that guy for me. He's making above average contact. He's hitting the heck out of the ball. Four home runs yep. already. Um, the HQ power metrics are elite, 20% homer to fly ball rate with support from our raw, raw power metrics. So Brandon Drury is absolutely somebody who I was looking at waiver wires last week in 15 teamers, and I think moves up to like moves up to relevance in, in 12 teamers. For so sure. I'm yeah, a little biased, but he's um no, he's he, always been on my radar and he's he's showing showing what he can do so far in a great park. Well, and you're not wrong because we did bring him up. I think two weeks ago when India first went on the IL, we went through roster yep. resource. We're like, Brandon Drury? Like, question mark? Is this who he's he is? Alive? Then, he's on yeah. the Reds? And then we saw him playing, and like I wrote about him this past week and because of what he did the previous week, like a, a, a strong week, do you buy, sell, whatever, stuff like that. And um, you mentioned the hard contact rate, just everything he's doing. He's locked in right now. He gets to play half his games at Great American Small Park. The fact that India re-aggravated this hammy so easily really concerns me. That yeah. usually means it's a longer stint the second time. Like, they really... They brought him back. They thought he was healthy, but those injuries are nasty, those those muscle injuries. So he might be out for a bit. That's just my thought. Maybe not. I'm not a doctor. But uh, it's just one of those, when we see it kind of get re-aggravated so quickly, uh, it, it slows things down quite a bit. So, um, And Rob said he just went through the forecaster, and Ryan, you wrote up Drury this year. So, I, I, so I'm sure figure. I've written him up multiple times over the years. It hopefully hopefully the I haven't thrown more. too many upsides on him because I'd be an I'd be an O for over the years. Yeah, but I'm with you on Drew. Uh, I think he does have some 12 team relevancy going yeah. forward here, so uh, that that should be fun. But other than I, that, yeah, it's, it's I, and weird. yeah, you bring up a great point with India too. Like, yeah, going back on the IL with the same injury, with a soft tissue thing, with a muscle thing, with the with the hamstring, and you got to think. I mean, what motivation did the Reds? Yeah, why have? rush him back? Like, right. Who right. cares about so this year? It's... They have three wins right now. They're like three and twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason to bring him back. At least until he's healthy. All right. So it's, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's the, uh, their leadoff guy has been maybe relevant. TJ Freidel. It's it's yeah. not good when I'm mispronouncing multiple guys' names oh, on the it's pod. Bad. It's it's probably not me. It's just the the fantasy relevance 
of these guys. Uh, Friedel hit 196 in uh, 51 at-bats in AAA, and he's leading off for Cincinnati. Um, not too relevant, but I don't know. Um, that, that kind of the two, three, four of, of Drury, Pham, and Moustakis, while they're healthy, is, isn't bad, but the rest of that lineup's a disaster. Yep, that's about it. It's a rough go. Rough go for sure. Uh, let's go to Kansas City, whose offense is just stuck in quicksand right now. Except, you know, what's heating up, so we'll give them that much. But um, Carlos Santana goes to the IL to the, make many people happy. MJ Melendez got called up. He's been DHing um, for a bit. They have some very talented players still in the minors we have not seen yet. But um, with Santana going out, Ryan O'Hearn's going to get some more love as well. So how are you kind of approaching this if you are approaching it from a Kansas City perspective? I think it's absolutely terrible timing for Nick Prada. Like that's who I want to see. Yep. Uh, he, I mean, in he's the, he's yep, yeah, he's the guy who I want to see up in Kansas City. And Kansas City has shown the the willingness, willingness, obviously, with Bobby Witt bringing him up on opening day. They're not they're not shy to um, to bring those guys up. And the offense needs a charge. However, Prado, I think, got hit in the head um, like a couple days ago in AAA. And yeah, on Wednesday, and he's on obviously on the IL, and he was so starting he, to hit too. I know, and that well, and that's exactly <laughs> it. Is like that injury happened at the absolute worst time. Prada was Man. they had five home runs already in in eighty eight at bats, three twenty three OBP in AAA. Like he's he was yeah, I mean he was ready to go, and I kind of think he'd be up if he wasn't injured. So keep an eye on that. Like if, if Prado is available, and and you you see the tidbits that it's like Ryan O'Hearn and you know, that doesn't excite me at all. Um, and you just kind of think that, Oh, Kansas city doesn't want to call up Prado. Maybe they're just waiting until he's healthy and Prado will be up next week. And so if, if Prado is available for you right now and you've got room to stash him, um, I think that totally makes sense. Uh, and for that case, if he's healthy again and then next week and they bring him up and O'Hearn is just buying his time. That's kind of what I hope. How it plays out, just because O'Hearn has shown us many times before that he's not relevant in uh, Santana's Santana's stead. Yeah, what I'm hoping for is if we don't get Prado, who I'd like to see, I'm with you 100% there, is Vinny Pascantino is crushing it right now. He, he hit well last year. He's, he's got five home runs already uh, this time with three stolen bases. He's got 11 extra base hits. He, he's, he's swinging a really good bat as well. And uh, what James Anderson said, I laughed so hard. He has a nickname, Italian Beef. So, yeah. um, like, the dude needs to be in baseball. I would buy a Kansas City Royals Italian Beef t-shirt right now if he was up in the big. So or Italian breakfast? or oh, but That was Italian breakfast or something? Yeah, it was something One wild. of the two. Yeah, but you're probably right because Italian Beef actually makes sense. It was like, When he said it, I'd, like, double take on what it was. <laughs> and, and, oh, yeah, it was Italian breakfast. I think it was a playoff of um, Billy Butler's – was he Country Breakfast Country or something? Country Breakfast, yeah. yeah so yeah. it was a playoff of Billy Butler because – Pascantino is a big boy also that plays first base. So um, it's an embarrassment of riches that Kansas City has right now. And all these guys started the season slow in AAA, and now they're all starting to get going. It's shocking the weather gets better, what happens in baseball. But, um, yeah, if Prado can't come up, I'd like to see Vinny P, one of the two, because either one of them should be at least playing over Santana just to see what they got. So uh, it'd be good to see. Vinny P, 400 OBP in AAA, five homers, three steals. Like, that's – That'll play. That'll definitely play. Uh, A couple other bits of news here. Joe Adele, sent down. Matt Brash, sent down. So we're starting to see some of these guys get demoted that uh, got off to slow starts, maybe get things right, come back up here in a little bit. But uh, what are you doing with the – I know we. I think we have a listener question later, but 
with your Matt Brashes, with your Joe Adels, are you hanging on to them? Um, are, are you dropping them? I know it's probably team dependent, but how are you handling that? Yeah, I mean, team dependent is kind of the, the cop out. I think of the two, I think Brash's fantasy value is kind of shot this year yeah. uh, just because it sounds like they're going to try and bring him back up um, in the bullpen, which kind of makes sense, like given the stuff that he has, like the slider. I mean, the, the stuff is really good. He just could not get through lineups multiple times and the control was a big part of that. So maybe I think Seattle kind of thinks if if they can just have him go full octane for an inning or two out of the bullpen, uh, while it helps the Mariners, it destroys his fantasy value this year. Um, and if, if, if Brash comes back as a starter, he's got the same words that we just saw from him over his first few starts. So uh, Brash is kind of off my radar. I, I actually, I, I went back and forth last week to, you know, wondering if I should cut him in labor mix, which is 15 teamer. And I ended up doing it. And that obviously now that seems like a, a really good call because, uh, I don't, yeah, I think his value shot with Adele. Like I made the joke to you, like the biggest fantasy fallout I think is Patrick Sandoval, uh, yeah. Noah Syndergaard. Like uh, Adele was just brutal in left field. It wasn't just yeah. kind of the, wasn't just the errors that, and, and, and videos that we would see of like his throw down the line and stuff like that. There were a lot of balls that he could have gotten to and just didn't. I know with Sandoval, it probably he cost reminded me of Marcelo Zuna. Runs. Yep. It was Marcelo Zuna out there. Yep, it's and 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 it doesn't make sense, like no. because he's young, he's got speed, but it's just not clicking for him. Obviously at the plate, but in left field as well. And Taylor Ward being Taylor Ward is is, is pushing that situation. Un, un, too. Yeah. I, I I tweeted it. I said maybe I should apologize to Joe Madden on this one because I thought it was ridiculous when he said it. And yep. again, it's a hot streak. Uh, we could this could be a negative regression with him, but like it's it's insane what he's doing with Adele. It's almost like I foreshadowed my own fate because I was big on Adele. I have many shares on Adele. I still think he's going to be very, very good. But it was like two weeks ago when the platoon started happening. I said, well, he's going to be on the chopping block soon. And he's going to be the one that comes back and haunts me when he gets called back up in like July or August and crushes for two months and someone else outbid me on him to get him back. That's what's going to happen with Joe Adele because he will come back. He's going to be a good ball player. I still believe that. It's just playing time, the defense. Like I think Rob Silver actually tweeted it out. He said, for once, a baseball team can say, he needs to go back to the minors and work on his defense, defense and they're telling the truth. <laughs> He's not wrong. So, um, yeah, it's like it's, Brash, it's, I'm with you. I dropped Brash last week also, like you. Yeah. Um, but with Adele, if you can hold him, hold him. But if you're t- if you're tight on your roster – He's cuttable. In my That's opinion. the thing is like, yeah. is I don't know. We're a month in injuries are really starting to pile up and those stash pots are low. So, I mean, maybe if you have a minor league spot or something, but um, it's tough to, cause I, I think Odell's going to be down for, for a little bit. And yeah. then on top of that, he's got to come back up and turn things on, which Bubba yeah. sounds like you're, you're banking on. Well, it, it all depends on the but playing I'm time. Because so. if he's still in a platoon, it's gonna be tough. Like he, yeah. these young guys can't platoon. And I'm glad they picked one. Let Marsh play at least. Like let let, let these guys play, figure it out. Um, but Adele's gonna be good. I hope it's this year. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. I'm good at being like two years too early, but uh, it, it's gonna happen with him. All right, we have talked about the runs in baseball being down because it's so much fun given we saw five home runs in, in Camden yards on Thursday. So maybe things are looking up. I think they're all from right-handed hitters too. So that's a positive thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been down and uh, we wanted to credit Jason Collette because there's one of his tweets that we're going to talk about here. But if you go to at Jason Collette on Twitter, Rotowire's Jason Collette, sleeper on the bus, Jason Collette. Um, 
he had a great thread of tweets like at the wrapping up like April numbers on, you know, barrels per home runs, like all these different p- potential metrics that just showcased how bad offense is. And the one that Ryan pulled up here, which is really interesting is it's league wide April batting average. He, he says it's two thirty one. league wide home run of fly balls, 10%, but starting pitchers versus relief pitchers, April ERA. And it's really telling that, um, Real, like starters ERA is by year by year since 94 starters ERAs have been dropping, but like even relievers, it, it went up for a while there. It's dropping rapidly. Uh, it's, it's, it was kind of a telling story watching these, these ups and downs. So what are you seeing when you look at this, that kind of stands out as an, Oh no type situation. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, and the, the thing that I really like about what Jason did is he didn't just compare previous years. He just compared previous April's. Um, cause that does matter, right. With cold weather and all that exactly. stuff. And we've talked about that, but, um, but yeah, the, the big thing for me was just how much better relievers have been and starters have been better, um, this year, no doubt about it, but the reliever improvement that, that kind of league wide, this league wide runs being down environment is mostly because of relievers. So in 2019 relievers and starters were pretty much the same 434 ERA for starters, 437 ERA. For relievers that gap is now a 390 era for starters so it, like considerable improvement but relievers in april had a 349 era so the bullpens were just dominant in april i think some of that is because of the expanded rosters just because mm-hmm. most teams what they did with those extra two spots that was my question was I'd, I'd love to see so. a graph that shows how many relievers were used in each april yeah. compared to starters and see if that number like fluctuates yeah that'd be a good yeah that's a good point um because i mean that's just my hypothesis but well, um, i wrote it down the second you started talking before you even said i'm like that's the thing i want to know yep i'm curious i mean it's just it's just it, it would make sense like i mean guys are just fresher um they're they're getting days off in between at least your fringe guys are getting days off in between appearances and that sort of thing so we'll see what happens in may like if it tightens back up but um I mean, one of the things that I want to talk about is just, I mean, we all know the run scoring is down. Like that's, that's everywhere. Um, it's how do we apply that to like our strategy right now yeah. for, for fantasy and, and what I've been doing or at least trying to do is really attack like two star pitchers right now. And I never thought I would say this going into the season because two star pitchers on the fringes last year were, were pretty terrible Horrible. and in 2020 as well. And obviously happy fun ball 2019, um, but like your, your Tyler Wells in Baltimore, for example, I'm just picking guys out of a hat, Bruce Zimmerman, your boy, um, who, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hate on too much. Like he's, he's made some legitimate gains, but it's like yeah. those kind of fringe starting pitchers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's still scary when you put him in. Scary. Yeah. Um, but I think trying to pile up kind of marginal starting pitching wins and strikeouts and that sort of whip right now is the way to do it. Because I, I do think when when summer heats back up i think there will be a different type of ball maybe they won't use the humidors as often as they as they are now in the summertime i i i'm predicting that offense is going to be up in the summer a lot more than it typically is so if you can kind of front load your pitchers get your two star pitchers in in april and may um kind of get those stats out of the way and then maybe transition more to your more skills-based guys or if there's if there's not much of a two-star thing in the summer, just go to a middle reliever, protect your ratios because you have built up um, kind of those fridge pitchers early in the season and then focus on offense later in the year. That's kind of how um, I'm trying to build my lineups right now is to kind of front load those those fringe guys just because the run scoring environment is just crazy right now. 
No, I'm 100% on board with you. I've been two starting some dudes that are just like, wow, well, I wouldn't have thought about doing this before, but it, it is a different game. And on the Zimmerman thing, it, we've talked about it with Paddock, and there's a, a few other guys. There's probably many more that I haven't looked into. But it is interesting now because like everyone's like, oh, velocity's down, velocity's down. Well, the fastball velocity is down. It's usually terrifying. Don't get me wrong. But they're also increasing the usage of their other pitches that have been very effective. So it's kind of like a, a you tr- they're trading one for the other type thing. Now, is that sustainable? That's a great question. We don't know. But I'm curious, are we seeing like that transition more of this ball? Because we see these relievers come in just pumping absolute flames. And that could be a big factor of these ERA things we're talking about as well. It, but you have a lot more starters now. There's still the guys like, you know, the McGills and these guys that just throw cheese. But there's a lot more starters you're starting to see that are kind of more like, you know, mid to low 90s and a lot of off-speed stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is kind of a transition in the game without – which is weird with no sticky stuff also, but maybe that's because there's no sticky stuff. They don't want to try to throw 98 all the time and, and have no command of it. So it's it'll be interesting to see if that's something else that somebody smarter than me could dig into on these new guys because there's a bunch of them. You know, like I said, Zimmerman, Pat, there's a bunch of these pitchers that are kind of like most people, they weren't on the radars in draft season. Yeah. And now it's like I'm definitely willing to stream them on two, two start weeks. And there's even potential one matchup weeks where like, okay, like I could do like, I guarantee you, you could pull like, would you, add Chris Paddock if his only start was like at Detroit next week you'd probably get at least 60% I would say yes yep where you wouldn't so it's little things like that that I I think would be interesting to see if that with the run environment wearing like you're saying and and how that uh, would transition uh, like for fab weeks and and everything else and again I'm expecting Zimmerman to get his teeth knocked in at some point in time and um, it took Bundy two starts to get his teeth knocked in twice Paddock's going to get his. Like, I'm not silly there. Uh, Spencer Watkins just threw in Baltimore tonight, the, one of the luckiest pitchers in baseball, and he survived again on, on Thursday. So there's a lot of that going on around baseball. So we'll see. Absolutely. And I totally, I'm, I'm totally aware that I just jinxed Tyler Wells for his weekend two-step and we'll, we'll destroy my teams. But like, I mean, he's just an example. One of those kind of pitch to contact guys, his last two outings at the Yankees, five innings, uh, three hits, four Ks. His last start against Minnesota, five innings, four hits, four Ks. Like the ball is being put in play and it's not doing damage. And that's because of the ball. Uh, but I think we need to take advantage of that, at least temporarily, uh, with with piling up uh, starting pitchers. 100% agree with you. So it'll be uh, fun to see where where that leads. And it, yeah, it does definitely make the two-star guys much more uh, intriguing than they used to be. Like look at Michael Walker, for instance. He's actually still pitching. Yes, well, that's so. a perfect example. Yes, like, still pitching well. And it's just mind-boggling. Um, all right, let's bloom board it up here. This is a fun one. Got a lot of interaction on this one. Usually the bloom boards lead to questions. This was more of a, my team sucks. And thanks for bringing it up, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, it. It's a fun one. It's a bloom board talking about mid-round slow starters. You know, cut, cut, bench, or start. We can almost go through all these guys and at least give a little thoughts on most of them. Um, what was kind of the inspiration, though, behind this board, like statistic-wise and everything that you're looking at? Yeah, so the inspiration between this with, with this one is like, so there are guys and the high-profile guys that have struggled. We all know, I mean, we all should know that it's a long season, ebbs and flows. I always go back to the Freddie Freeman example of even last season where Freddie Freeman ended up with a 300 batting average, 330 homers, but was hitting, I think, 230 through May, uh, through the first two two months last season. So um, a lot of these guys into what you were saying earlier, Bubba, about Modica's tweet and positive regression are due for, for positive regression. It's just how long can you wait 
And I think it's the mid round hitters where you have to start making those decisions. So like we all know about like the Whit Merrifield, we all know about Marcus Semien, who have both been absolutely terrible, but from like a from a roster standpoint, like you're not cutting them. I mean, yeah. it's obvious you're, you you keep them in their lineup and they will come around, you know, maybe not to last year and that sort of thing, but um, they, they will get better. Um, it's more of these mid round guys. And as we get further and further into the season, that decision to hold them and hold them and hold them gets harder and harder. So that's what I wanted to do with this board is I, I looked at guys who were hitting below 200 and have less than uh, have, or have three or fewer homers and steals combined. And so there were like, I think, 16 hitters. And then for the board, I threw just a couple of skills that I think are important. Your strikeout rate. So how often you put in the ball in play and then your barrel rate. Right. How um, how hard you're hitting the thing. So um, it's an interesting list. And it was very big. Yep. And BABIP as well. And BABIP is uh, that's another thing, too, where like BABIP is down. I think it's like 280 um, right now or at least was in April. So that's another thing to kind of recalibrate um, with some of these batting averages and BABIPs is one nine. If, if someone's hitting 190 and some of these guys are on this list, it's bad, but it's not like three years ago bad. So well, It's like many of us have said before, it's also the times like, okay, if you drop them now, you still get their bad stats. And if they get better, you don't get their good stats. And it's like, sure. it's the same way around. If, if you go pick up a guy that's had a great three weeks, but you don't get the great three weeks, you better hope he keeps it up. Like if you went and added Taylor Ward right now, he still might be very good for you this year, but he's not going to be hitting like 360 for you with all like that's just let's be realistic about it. So yep. you got to look at it from both directions, and that's why you know you see all the buy you know sell high buy low articles. Like it's because you want to get them low to get the big bounce back, and some of these guys can get it. I like how you mentioned the Babips been down, batting average. I think the league average was around 240 ish, maybe a little less than that. Like in, in April, it's it's bonkers. It, it's crazy right now. So you got to kind of it's a guessing game, but we still kind of can take an avenue to success kind of with boards like this. And so I'll just, let's just go down the list. Like we can do quick hitters. If there's a name that really stands out, we're really digging on, we can dig in on them. But like Yasmani Grandal, he did the same thing last year. If anybody's curious, like he really did not play well out the gate, got hurt, came back great. He's hitting a buck 69, but he's only striking out 16%. He's a heavy walk guy. He's still barreling the ball. Okay. 7.2 per, per plate appearance. Um, it stinks, but all catchers are pretty much stinking right now, for one. And if you can picture, picture a catcher bouncing back, Grandall should be one you can kind of believe in. It would be my two cents. Yep. I mean, just look at last year. Grandall, first half, yep. second half split. Uh, hit 190 in the first half last season, went on the IL, and then hit 330 over his last 100 at-bats. And on this board, Grandall is green in strikeout rate and barrel rate which means those are above average with compared to everyone else on this list, which also means that really he's, he's just fine beneath the surface. So um, I think in like one catcher leagues, people in two catcher leagues, you're obviously keeping Osmani Grandal in one catcher leagues, maybe 10 or 12 teamers. You're starting to get that itchy finger, but hold strong with him. Um, positive regression. I am, sh- I am certain is coming. Yeah, 100% with you on that one. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that one as well. This one's near and dear to my heart, Reese's Pieces, Reese's Hoskins, um, hitting puck 95. But he does have a 263 BABIP. Uh, he's striking out way more than usual, 29%, but he's still walking around 13%, which is a plus in Reese's world. And he's barreling a ton, you know, also 14% barrel rate and a 54% hard hit rate. 
Uh, if you believe in X stats, that was a fun conversation we've had recently. There's positives in that regard also. So I am still very optimistic on Reese Hoskins, but I've had some people contact me that are very not optimistic about Reese Hoskins. So how do you feel? I feel pretty good about Hoskins. Like, yeah, it's been a bummer with a 195 batting average, which you didn't really roster him for a great batting average, but you didn't roster him for 195. It's really the two homers. Um, the other thing with Hoskins, one of the things that I think is going to be a common thread around some of these guys, his playing time leash is so safe. And that lineup is so good that when he does heat up, it's I think it's going to be really nice. Um, the OBP is at like 300. So he's still walking at a really good clip. So I don't think there's any kind of threat of him losing playing time. Some of these guys that we'll talk about a little further on down the list, there is a threat of them losing playing time. And that's when I get concerned. So just ride it out with Reese Hoskins. I, I probably still even start him in, in pretty much any league because he's been a pretty streaky hitter, but, uh, when it does click and he will get the chance to click in that lineup, it's going to be pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, because the other thing with Philadelphia, we've seen it a lot over the last like seven days. They've been moving that lineup around a lot, trying to figure it out. Because as a team, they weren't really clicking a ton. Like there's, they've had up and down, like they seven runs tonight, but they've had a lot of down games. You know, Bomb got moved up, hitting second, first, second. Hoskins used to do a lot of damage hitting second in that lineup because of his on base skills. So if for some reason, you know, they go, oh, wait a minute, let's see if we move Reese up to see how it goes. It's I th- obviously having Harper and Casty behind you should help a ton. So. Like I, I still, I would like to see them move him up, but we'll see how that, that, that might just be my blind optimism on Reese Hoskins. Uh, this is a fun one. This one triggered a lot of people, lots of people. Fran Mill raised the Fran <laughs> Let's say this much though. He went three for four on Thursday. He's got six hits in his last three games. So like this might be coming at the right time. He's hitting a buck, uh, a buck 57, but striking out 45% yes. of the time, oh. Ryan, 45%. I, when I dug in on Frampolo a couple of weeks ago, I did not feel warm and fuzzy. But again, man, this guy could still hit 35 home runs and no one would be shocked. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing that sticks out. Is that like Adam is like, it could be Adam Dunn like. The other thing with, with Fran Mill is like he is in your DH spot. So like that is that is even harder to at least keep him starting right now until he heats up. He's inching towards um Outfield eligibility, he's got four games right now. So maybe in like another month, he'll be in season eligible. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been absolutely brutal. The strikeout rate is just, oh, is is terrible. The, the, the power is also down. Like his max EV every year is max exit velocity, which, um, which we look at in these kind of smaller samples in the month or, or so that we have of the season has been like consistently 115 in each of his uh, previous four seasons, that's only at 110 right now. So like power is down, the skills are down, but I've said this before, skills can fluctuate like results can too. So like Fran Mill's going to be fine. It's just, uh, it's really tough to start him right now, especially because he's DH only. Like you, you kind of took a hit on that off the start and it's, it's even harder to get him going. So I think in most leagues, you've got to try and, uh, and hold him but not start him if, if that makes sense. That's that's what I would do with him. I don't think you can cut him because he's um yeah, when when the Franimal goes off, he it, it's 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 good. It's nice. It's wild, that's for sure. Cause uh but I'm with you. I, I'd be benching him. There's another util only guy we'll talk about later that I've been really close to benching <laughs> weekly right now too, but he's not striking out like Franimal is. So that changes things a bit. But 
like I said, he's got six hits in the last three games, so maybe something's clicking because, you know, some of these guys, it was a shortened spring for the hitters too. I'm not trying to justify things, but and the weather, it's always cold in Cleveland. Let's, so let's just let the golden rule. We've said it many times. Other people said it. I wait till like at least Memorial Day or the end of May before I really start to panic. So let's get a, a little bit farther here. Bench him. See what happens. Hopefully he doesn't hit like 70 home runs while he's on your bench and go from there. Max Muncy hitting 157 or no 151. But this is the weird part. He's still barreling it very well. Very well. He's striking out 20% of the time, which is, you know, pretty good for Max Muncy. And he's still walking 19% of the time. It's just overall production. Like it's wild. A 16.4% barrel rate. His hard hit rate's fine. He's just not uh, – he's, he's flying out a lot. It's it's a weird, weird profile looking at Matt's Muncy. I'll be totally honest with you. It's it's mostly bad. It's mostly bad luck on the batting average on, on balls in play. There's been a slight uptick in Muncy's fly ball rate, which is not good for your BABIP. I mean, if you think about it, you hit the ball in the air, it's not going to be – you know, better chance of a home run, but less chance of a hit. Uh, 47% fly ball rate career, like 42, 43. So even that's like not that big of a spike, but like the 150 bab up is just absolutely brutal. Everything else with Muncie looks great in terms of the plate skills and the raw power. So um, I'm not worried about Max Muncie at all. In fact, I'm actually like somewhat um, intrigued by him just because of the elbow stuff and the injury yeah. concerns that we had going into the season. I was, I was worried about, what that power would look like. And though, even though we're not seeing it in the results, it's, it's there and it's gonna, it's gonna come. So I'm not worried about Muncie at all. You talk about a good lineup and then you throw in multi-position eligibility. There's just, there's a lot to like, I would, I would keep him in and he'll, uh, he'll figure it out. Yeah. I wanted to sell on Muncie, but like I said, I dove in on him. I saw the walk rate still there. Like there's so many things you're just like, he's not that far off. It's like, and then I watched him play the giants and he hit a what I thought would have been like twelve rows deep, but the ball, like it, it, they caught it right at the wall. It was just one of those. I thought he'd be telling Bumgarner to get it out of the ocean or something, even though it's in L.A. It was it was crushed. So um, yeah, I, I wanted to be a, a seller on Muncie, but I'm with you. I'd, I'd hang on a little bit longer with Max Trent Gresham. He is hitting 165 with 28 percent K rate, though not good for the leadoff hitter of the Padres. He's not barreling the baseball at all, which is quite troublesome as well so where are you sitting at on Trent? because this is a guy that i've kind of been out on for a few years but um yeah it's not good right now yeah i i this is, this is where i started to get worried i've never been a, like a huge grisham guy but i i understand why why some people uh some people are like he cannot lead off on that team for that much longer like a 283 obp like i'm surprised he's still playing every day and actually today on may 5th he was dropped from leadoff down to eighth for the first time so i think i think san diego is starting to see that as well um yeah there's just not much there that i see in terms of uh positive vibes positive signs strikeout rate is way up powers down has not even attempted to steal um i'm very concerned about trent grisham i think I do think he might be a drop in like 10, 12 teamers where you do need that roster spot um, just because I, I, I just can't see him leading, hitting leadoff if he sustains what he's been doing and the skills don't really show me that anything's going to improve in the short term. Yeah, he'd be a drop for me in all formats outside of only leagues and 15s. 
Like and that's fifteens are still a little low, but now they they even dropped them at a leadoff. That might change things too. If that's a, a continuing theme, he's, he's ninety eight, and this is NFBC twelve teamers, but he's still ninety eight percent owned and seventy two percent started in in online championships. So that's uh, wow. that's really interesting. On zero of my four online teams, I'll tell you that much. Um, so that's that's interesting to know there. Let's talk Justin Turner, another guy that I've kind of avoided. Um, and so far, so good. Still a long ways to go. He's a professional hitter, as I like to say. But right now, you look at every metric. He's hitting 183 with a 219 BABIP. He's striking out 21% of the time. His barrel rate on the season is down to like a career low. His hard hit rate's 34%. Maxi, like everything is pointing to what is going on with Justin Turner. Is he just getting old, Ryan, or is there something else you think? He's getting old. We're all getting old. Yeah. Um, I'm Justin Turner's age. Jeez. Um <laughs> Yeah, I. That. How old is he? Oh, I'm older than both of you. Then never mind. 37. 37. <laughs> Actually, next. Wait, no. Am I 30? How the hell old? You do I? the same think, thing I do. My I wife gets so mad at me. Yeah, I'm 38. My wife goes, like, how old are you? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, you're 30. Like, oh, okay, sounds good. Like, I, yeah, I don't never care. mind. I'm 30. I'm only 36. That's so good. You're young. You young buck. I'll be 37 in two weeks. But there uh, you go. That's okay. It'd be better than being 38 in two weeks. No offense. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what are you trying to say? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so yes, I am younger than Justin Turner. I think uh, if I'm if my math is right, which may or may not be, it's been a long week. Um, so yeah, just like I said with Grisham, like the skills are down. I don't see the thing with Justin Turner. I am a big Justin Turner guy. Like I will admit, um, I've I've been on him for a while. Really like what he's done. Like he has he's given me the leash. Like he his power metrics have been so good for so long that I am kind of willing to write off a 80 at bat sample um, and think that he will regress positively to what he's been doing. The only thing is if there's some kind of like hidden injury and that that's where it does get like, especially at his age um, he had a hamstring like in March, which wasn't really, it kind of just delayed his rehab. So you wonder maybe if that is lingering Um, outside of that, he hasn't missed any time. So um, I, I, I'll just kind of hope that it's not a hidden injury and that he'll be back. But, uh, I think, I think he's earned a few years of, um, power baseline where he'll be, I think he'll be fine, but I am higher on Turner than most. Well, and that's just the thing that's frustrating about some of these guys. Cause Turner, you can almost just pencil it in. He'll play like 120 to 130 games, but he'll for average, he'll like 20 to 25 home runs. Like you could just count on these stats with him. And those still aren't out of realm of possibilities at this point in the season. It's not like you're expecting the moon from Justin Turner. So it's it, it's he's he's definitely a hold, but I don't know if I'd be starting him. I'll tell you that much. Like I'd try to have someone else ahead of him. He'd be a tough start. And the thing with Turner too is just like the injury history. Like you are assuming when you drafted him that when he is playing, you're going to get the production, and you yep. you do kind of bank that he's going to miss some time, and so you you have missed a good chunk of what we think is a healthy Justin That's Turner, which does kind of suck. Yeah. Now this is the tough one, and I'm I'm holding. I'm just gonna clarify that right now. I'm holding. But uh, when you look at profiles, you look for positives. Not much, Mister. I called him Sir Joseph Votto last year. I don't I think he loses the he loses the surname this year so far. But he, his strikeout rate, Ryan, is over thirty two percent now. He's still walking okay. He has a point zero one four ISO. Just throwing that out there. Small sample, but that's sad um and it's it's just been bad across the board it's there's no power there's no barrels no heart it's just it's bad ryan so uh what are we looking at with joey Votto? it's really bad 
Mm-hmm. It's really bad. And the, and the thing with Votto too is like that. I mean, we talked about Cincinnati at the top. That situation is going to get ugly, like in May, in June, in July. Like that team is going nowhere. I know Joey Votto loves Cincinnati. Um, Trade him to Toronto for the playoffs. Trade yeah, him like bring him back Canada. home. Um, he has a no trade. Like he can stay if he wants. But that that uh, yeah, I just I worry um, about what that kind of mindset is on that team uh, when there's no one in the stands and they're you know, 40 games out by June, um, how that's going to work. So um, I do have Votto in labor mix, 15-teamer. I did bench him this week for Rowdy Telez, which oh, saved me big time. Beautiful. Um, I'm holding Joey Votto in that labor 15-teamer and probably holding him, unless there's news that, like, he's going to be I, – I know it's – I guess it's COVID-related. Um, I'm giving him at least two or three more weeks. Um, he'll be on my bench, but I'm giving him that much longer just because it is Joey Votto. He is a hall of famer. What we saw last year from him was a, I think a legitimate change in approach that drove some of those gains. So, um, 12 teamer, it's a tough call. I could see you, I can see people cutting bait in a 12 teamer and a 15 teamer I'm, I'm holding and, and hoping he comes back, um, a different man. He did. It was funny. He did, uh, I think quote tweet, a fan graph article asking if, you know, if this is the end for Joey Votto and he said something like five more months to go. So uh, yeah, he I knows. Seeing, I love seeing yeah. that. I love yeah. it too. It's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. When I, when I saw that, like, and I, I'm being optimistic cause I have plenty of Votto shares and I benched them everywhere right now and I'm not cutting them even in 12s just yet. But oh. when I see that, I know the skill set and the type of professional hitter he is. So he sees, like you said, you know he's working on it. Like he's not going to want to end things this way. So, and it might, you know, stuff happens. But I'm, I'm being, I'm kind of confident that he can turn this around to at least some kind of positive by the time this is all said and done. So, I'm not going to go too crazy just yet on Votto. But it's, uh, it's definitely benchable at the time being, especially for Rowdy. Yeah, good old Rowdy Rowdy, who's crushing baseballs. Uh, Mitch Garver hitting a buck eighty nine, twenty two percent carry, which is not bad for Mitch. Not bad. Uh, barrel rates down. They did hit a home run recently, which is good to see from Mitch Garver in his new digs in Texas. Um, like I said earlier, almost all the catchers are stinking right now, so it's kind of across the board. But uh, what's your thoughts on Mitch Garver, who, you know, you're not drafting for average more often than not. It's mainly power, and you're not getting a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, I'm not too worried. I mean, I, uh, Texas, that, that park and lineup ain't great, especially when Marcus Semien was supposed to be one of your uh, one of your best hitters, and he's doing Marcus Semien things right now. But but yeah, Garver's a catcher. The strikeouts are have improved. The raw power is down, but um, I I I think he'll be fine. And really, what are your alternatives? So yeah. I think you're holding and playing him in in almost all leagues. Yep, uh, Jesse Winker. It's a fun one hitting a buck eighty six, but he's only striking out 13% of the time. He's walking 17%. So he's still like OBB. His OBP is 324. So he's still doing those things. But, uh, and he finally went deep on, um, tonight, uh, today. Yeah. On Thursday, he went deep. So that, that was big to see off, off of McClanahan, I believe as well, which yep. was, which was big. Um, just not barreling the ball and hitting it hard, but is that bats are looking better if that's the right way to say it. So, I'm a hold on him, but it's he's, he's probably sitting for me right now, unless you have no options at all. Yeah, he's definitely a hold for me. Uh, I agree. It's 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 fifty fifty whether you want to roster or roster uh, start him based on whatever else you have in the outfield. But Winker's too good to uh, 
um, to cut. And I think also what I was saying earlier about having leash, like with Hoskins, I think Jesse Winker has plenty of leash in Seattle. Um, he hasn't even been the worst outfielder in Seattle this season. So um, he's definitely a hold for me. Yeah, Avi Garcia hitting a buck seventy five, but a two fifty five Babbitt strikeouts through the roof at thirty four percent. But his hard contact rates are still in line with his career, his career goodness. So I'm not super panicking on Avi just yet. What about you? Uh, same deal. It's nice that he actually has a couple steals, uh, which is which is really good to see. I've always been a big uh, Mini Miggy fan. And yeah, like the, the walk rate is totally plummeted, but our, our raw power metric at HQ is right at league average. So uh, for only hitting one homer and 80 at bat, that's going to correct. Um, I'd, I'd still even start him. Like I said, he's, he's, he's running when he does get on base, which it is a 205 OBP, which is pretty terrible. Um, but, but give it time. I, I, I wouldn't be that worried about Abby. Good old Dylan Carlson, once leadoff hitter for the St. Louis Cardinals, then one Tommy Edmond took that back from him. And he's been scuffling pretty much ever since, not walking a ton, only striking out like 16%, which is good, I think, for Dylan Carlson. But as a whole, there's a lot of question marks on what he's doing here. A 0% barrel rate, 0% barrel rate, Barrels. which is wild, Ryan. What's your thoughts on Carlson? Yeah, and I'm worried about just because we don't have, and I know Carlson was a – you know, it was a prospect and that sort of thing, but we don't have that much of a track record with Carlson where I could say like with the Justin Turner, and then maybe this is just my bias of where I lean more to the, the old boring guys who have been good and have that kind of baseline of skill that is better than what we've seen. Uh, more often than not, they are going to positively regress to that baseline. And I don't know if Dylan Carlson has that baseline. I'm really worried about the lack of a running game. And obviously, like you said, Bubba, the zero barrels is uh, super concerning. So while he is making contact, the BABIP's really low. Um, batting average will improve. I'm really worried about maybe this just being like an empty batting average um, and not even a good batting average at that. So I, I, I'm very worried. I'm, I'm thinking about cutting him in 12-teamers if I have him. I know he's 97% rostered in the online championship but another bad week like this i think that's going to start to uh start to decline yeah he's droppable in 12s for me unless there's like nothing out there but there should be there really should be so he, he'd be on the chopping block as he's hitting on the bottom of that order uh in my leagues nelson cruz this is a fun one we talked about him last week with the x stats because if you look at x stats there's a large gap in what's taking place right now but the overall hard hit metrics, it feels like he's still hitting in um, in Tampa Bay right now. He's confused out there, but he's only striking out 17% of the time, which also gives me some optimism. So I'm not panicking, but if you want to sit him, I'm okay with it right about now. So you want to know why Juan Soto yeah, has, <laughs> has a- six home runs and seven RBIs? Crazy. I, I know Cruz, I think most of the time it's behind him, but um, it's that's it's just rough. Cruz will be, I think, fine. Um, you do run into that UT only thing, but we talked about Cruz last week with the X slug where it was like more than double. So um, I'm I'm holding strong. I, I'm not too concerned. I don't think this is like a fall off the cliff kind of a deal. Um, I'm not expecting something back to like 2019 of what we saw from Nelson Cruz, but um, I think he's going to be fine. The, 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 the quality of contact is there. Um, he just needs time for the results to catch up. So don't panic. Yep, don't panic just yet. Brandon Rogers, two for four with a double, a home run, and four RBIs on Thursdays. Had two hits in three of his last four games. Maybe figuring it out. 
but uh, as a whole, hitting a uh, you know one twenty seven with a one seventy four BABIP, um, you know barely barreling the baseball, which is not great. But today, I guarantee you got two of them with a double. Oh, please, mm-hmm. I'll just go with one. I'm mean, not guarantee it, but I'm thinking he got two. So that'll get things actually closer to his number of last season's barrel percentage at least, which will be a plus, and his hard hit rate will get closer to that as well. So might be some positive things to come here with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, the other thing is like, who is Colorado gonna gonna go to? Um, yes. I mean, I I wrote up an article this week on HQ of dra- of look of skills searching for roles and old friend Garrett Hampson. I think it was like the thirteenth year in a row where I said Garrett Hampson could could uh, you know be could break out if he has regular playing time. Well, yeah, uh, and Brendan Rodgers is struggling, but. He's gotten a lot better this last week, like you said, Bubba, today. Um, looked really good. The other thing, and I've mentioned this before, Coors is a very uh, volatile park. So we all think of it as a extremely friendly hitters park, and it is, but it's really not in April. It gets a lot easier and a lot better in the summer months. So as, as the weather heats up in Denver, um, we're already starting to see that turn around for Brendan Rodgers. I think you're a hold, and I think you're actually a start based on what he's done this week. Yeah, I think I think so too, especially with the Coors games. Like the way that their schedule's been weird, it's it's either the front of the back half of the week they play in Coors, the other half they play on the road. It's like it's never been a full week either way just yet. So they you just kind of have to keep your Colorado guys going. It, it, you, in years past, we always had okay, we'll just set them for a week or whatever. It's a little different right now. Uh, Joey Gallo, he's hitting uh, hitting one eighty eight on the season, three homers, forty one percent K rate, but a two ninety Babbitt, barely in a ton. And if you go over his recent hot streak, quote unquote hot streak. Last eight games, six uh, hitting safely in six of eight games with three home runs, a 304 average, a 500 BABIP, and a 46.2% strikeout rate. So we're seeing what Joey Votto does, basically. They're not talking about Joey Gallo does. It's the way I see it. He's, yeah, and, and the, the thing, too, is like, yeah, this actually isn't that. So we talk about all these like early strugglers, but I mean, this, this is what he does. <laughs> this is what he does. This actually is not that far off from what he normally does. No. So this is the bed you made if you if you drafted Joey Gallo. Um, like, yeah, maybe not a 188 batting average. Maybe you're expecting a couple more bombs. Um, but this is this is what you this is within the range of outcomes that that you know about when you're drafting him. So if you felt good enough about Gallo to take him in draft season, what we've seen so far from him, I don't think changes that. Yeah, I'm with you. If you, dra- if you drafted him, this is the, the bed you made, like you said. So uh, enjoy it. Hopefully you got some bad average guys to surround him with. Uh, two more to go here. Jorge Soler, it's been brutal. And 174 with a 220 BABIP. Does have the three home runs, but 28% K rate. You look at his barrel numbers, like his max EV is in line with his career best, but his barrel rates, his hard hit rates even down a bit. He seems like he's kind of lost, but this is how last season started for Jorge Soler too. So I'm kind of torn on him. He, he might be a hold, but sit, but he's also tough to roster in a shallower league. So what's your thoughts on Jorge? Yeah. yeah I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up last year because again, I'll go back to first, second half splits. First half last year, 185 batting average, six home runs and 250 at bats. He was, he was this bad last year. And then we all know what happened in the postseason. Um, but the second half of last year, 21 homers and a 260 batting average. So um, he's not startable right now. Soler is not startable right now. He's, he's a borderline cut for me as well. I don't think we can just expect him to turn it back on like he did last year. I think that was as much of a, um, 
much of a unicorn as the early struggles were. So um, I'm probably holding him in 12 teamers. I mean, he is universally owned in 12 teamers. He's actually starting in 94% of online championships in 12 teamers, which is pretty shocking to me. Um, I would not have him in my active lineup right now if I had the room, but I I probably wouldn't cut bait quite yet because we can see what he did. And and his last home run, I think it was May 1st. I forget who it was off of. It was one of my pitchers because I was watching it. It was a bomb. It was uh, the the power is there. Um, It's just how often is he going to lay into it? Yeah, I'm with you on that. He's a tough one. Very tough one. Another tough one is Bobby D, Bobby Dahlbeck. I, I was optimistic, in the, and I'm not the only one, but seeing the improvements he made on the strikeouts and everything last year, he's still a hard hit rate. The barrel rates were still pretty elite. Well, so far this year, he's striking out 30% of the time, which is technically still kind of down from the norm, but hitting 141 with the 191 BABIP, and all of his contact metrics are down. So it's, it's troublesome for him, but he's still young, so you can stay optimistic, but... I think he's near the chopping block right now, Ryan. I think he's at there, and it's a tough one to swallow, like because we we kind of stuck our necks out for Dahlbeck in the forecaster, and we put an upside of fifty home runs on him, and um, that's looking like a a, a, a whiff. Um, I had the power the power is fifty home run power, but not when he's doing everything else. The other big thing, and and why I think he's probably a cut right now is. Tristan Casas is is raking in AAA. He's getting on base, 372 clip, five home runs in Worcester and a 495 slug. Like he's not far at all. If 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 Dahlbeck continues to struggle, uh, Boston's going to have to make a move and, and bring up Casas. So I think uh, if you're in a redraft league and can stash Casas, maybe that's the play here. Um, continue to kind of hedge on a on a um, on a Dahlbeck slump and Casas coming up. I would love to be able to stash Costas if he can. And actually in some NFBC leagues, especially towards the end of draft season, he was drafted. He was drafted. Yep. So yep. Uh, go look at your wires because usually, if not, you have to wait till they come up and play a game and all that fun stuff. So uh, you might get lucky there and have him down and get him for really cheap if you have spots on your roster. So quick recap before the listener questions here. Yasmani Grandal, hold. Reese Hoskins, hold. Fran Milray is hold, but sit. Max Muncy, hold. Trent Grisham, you can go ahead and cut, uh, at least in 12 teams or less. Justin Turner, hold but sit. Joey Votto, hold but sit. Mitch Garver, hold. Jesse Winker, hold. You can, it's like 50-50 sit. Avisel Garcia, hold. Dylan Carlson's a hold with more leaning towards cut. Uh, Nelson Cruz, hold but sit. Brendan Rogers, hold. Joey Gallo, hold. Jorge Soler was literally hold, cut, or sit. Depends on your team, but he's getting Shut. closer to cutting. Yeah, that, that was a fun one. I literally wrote all three of them next to his name. And then Bobby Dahlbeck, I just I just wrote cut. Like, See, I didn't even put the hold. You yeah. shouldn't have admitted you wrote all this down, because people not watching the live stream, you were just going off memory, man. That yeah, was, I'm a genius like that. People know me. That's what I do. I'm just so <laughs> smart about all this, but taking notes. That's what I do. It's fun. Yeah, fun I mean, stuff. you'll notice a lot of the a lot of those are holds, and that that yeah. is for a reason. Like, yep. um, hitters vary, and it's a long season, and even a month and a half of this stuff can correct very quickly. So, um, so yeah, I feel I feel good about those recommendations, even though knowing it's uh, very much league dependent. Like, if we get fifty percent of them correctly, I'll be very happy. So that's just the way of the world these days, unfortunately. Uh, some listener questions here, and then we'll head on out of episode six. Edward J. Gillis he had some kind words for us, but I'm too shy to read that part of the text. So let's um, get to the fun part with Josh Lowe and Yanoa from Atlanta. Or Josh Lowe, Huascar Yanoa, and Joe Adele all sent down to the minors. 
you know his spot starting tomorrow, by the way. Um, also down to the minors, how long would you hold on to them? And if you could only keep one from the three, which one are you keeping? For me, it's Enoa just because he is closer. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, he's making the spot start. Like, I don't know, like like long term, it's definitely Josh Lowe. Uh, it's not even a question. But if you if you're looking in redraft and need some kind of short term production, um, Enoa like is the kind of six starter in Atlanta. Who knows what's going on with like Charlie Morton and when he's gonna hit the IL because that's been brutal. Um, I just think Enoa has has to getting back into the rotation on a regular basis. And plus, I was really high on him anyway. I wrote him up in the forecaster and had some good things to say. So I'm rooting for him. Um, and I obviously believe in the skills and the opportunity is going to be there as well. So um, sucks to cut bait on low. Um, I just don't know when he's going to come back. And if he does, you know, what that's going to look like. And the thing with low is I, I kind of agree for this season. Again, I'm biased on Adele. But I think Lowe's got the chance to actually come back and play regularly again. We yeah. saw the Rays actually hit him clean up before he got demoted, which was strange. Yep. But um, again, I'm, I, I just follow prospect guys. I'm not a big time prospect guy. And one thing James Anderson said, which was really eye opening that I never really focused on enough, was um, Lowe struck out a ton of the minors and it struck out even more in the bigs. That's like a trend you'll see. If he can go fine tune that this time around, that'd be very, very positive in that regard as well. All right, next question we got here is John Dobas asks, I hope I got that right. I apologize if I didn't. Uh, what's up with Trevor Rogers and is it fixable? Mm. It's rough right now. It's rough right now. I actually put something out about Rogers um, this week. The big thing has been the changeup. The changeup was one of the best pitches in baseball last year, 20% swinging strike rate. And that has tanked down to 10%. Um, that has really taken the strike. Has had pitchers really focus more on the fastball because Rogers, he mixes in a slider, but he's mostly a two pitch guy. And when you lose that best pitch, that changeup, um, it can get ugly real quick. So um, I'm worried. I'm actually, I, I picked earlier today, I picked Trevor Rogers. We do a fact and fluke spotlight on HQ. Um, and I'm going to be doing a deep dive into him next week because I want to see what's going on with that changeup. The good news for Rodgers, if if I'm looking on the bright side, is the fastball velocity is is right at where it was last year. So I don't think he's injured. Not to say he won't go on the IL, not only because I'm planning to write about him, but uh, 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 because the results have been so bad. But the velocity is there, and he's still missing bats with the fastball. So I think it's more of just a location thing with the changeup and a command thing. With changeups and split fingers are like this as well. They're great pitches when you keep them down. If you don't keep them down, you get what we're seeing with Trevor Rogers. You get what we saw with Kevin Gossman when yep. he was Bingo. not the current form of Bingo. Kevin Gossman. So I think it's really just a command and location thing with the changeup as opposed to any kind of injury. And I think the good news with that is that it is fixable. Um, yes. I just don't, I can't promise when that's going to happen, but um, definitely holding uh, probably depending on how deep your league is, but probably still starting him. Um, once he figures that out, I think he'll be back to being where he was. Yeah. I'm with you on Trevor Rogers. The fact is Velo is still where it's at for his fastball. It keeps me very optimistic that he's not hurt. And so that means yep. the other stuff should be fixable. His other question was, is Darren Ruff going to hit? And with Wade back in there, back is their playing time 
Ruff will hit, but the playing time's your question because with Wade back, they could platoon at first base until Belt comes back, and then Belt will be back. Then Ruff really starts to platoon. That's always the problem with Darren Ruff. Like he's he's, he's supposed to be on the short side of a platoon. That's how it is. When he gets the everyday run, you can try it out. But um, yeah, he's going to lose playing time. It's the best thing I can tell you. But that's the Giants guy here for you. Yeah, I was going to say I got I got nothing. You're the, you're the Giants guy. I will say because the Giants game was on while we were recording right before we started. There was not, nothing worth watching. It was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was yeah, it was. It was, it was not good, but Ruff did line out uh hard hit ball, and the announcers were saying how it's just been one of those years for Ruff. But he has been hitting; he's been squaring up a lot. Like I think it was two or three nights ago. Uh, I'll I'll shamelessly plug uh, Michael Simeon, SB Streamer. He has like the what you need to know blurbs that come out every morning, little articles. And it's like top five hard hit guys or whatever. And Ruff had a night where he had like two or three of his four at bats were like ninety plus mile an hour stuff. So he's hitting the ball. It's just not finding spots because by the baseball let's just go with it at that uh steve stoughton asks what struggling hitter and pitcher are you the most concerned about right now most concerned about um i'll say i i just kind of mentioned him but i'll say charlie morton um it's just nothing looks good under the hood at all 685 era at hq we've got a 594 expected era uh, the swinging strike rate is down from 13% last year to seven and a half. Um, the walks have doubled. He's 38 years old. Um, I wonder, I wonder obviously what's going on. I wonder how that leg is, you know, you know, broke his, broke his leg in the world series famously and still pitched uh, an inning after that. But um, is he, is he getting full push off with that thing? Is it fully healthy? Um, just what I'm thinking, but I, I'm really concerned about Charlie Morton. Yeah, I got a good one. Uh, I'll throw one out there because originally I was going to say a guy that we talked about tonight, but for an, a higher draft pick potentially is I didn't draft him anywhere, but I'm concerned about Marcus Simeon if you did, because I think you're starting to see the Marcus Simeon role. He's in a non, uh, non-hitter friendly ballpark and uh, they don't really have to pitch to him much because there ain't much around him. So I think um, that's one I'd be quite, quite concerned about. Yeah, I was going to say Simeon too. It's not. It's yeah. It's not good to kind of repeat with the guys we talked about. The other, the, the other two guys in the top 100 who met those filters on the boards that we just talked about are Whit Merrifield and Cattell Marte. Um, Marte I've never hit though. Yep, yep, and he's yeah. I think both of those guys are going to be fine, so not too worried about uh, either of those two. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, Larry Cardosa says, it, "Well, we answered this earlier, Larry." Is Justin Turner droppable? Well, according to this, my memory over Should here. I go back to your, your my yeah, memory. Pull that out of your photographic yeah. mind there. Uh, he's a hold sit for us right now. Hold sit is what we have for Justin Turner. You, um, you can combine those and, and have a word too. So there you go. Um, that uh, that mouthy wife, Miss D, Miss D Salinger, Justin Mason's, uh, are. She is the better half of Mr. TGFBI. That's the way I'm going to put it out there. Um, what does it take for you to finally decide to kick someone to the curb? This is a fantasy baseball question, I swear. Yeah, I was going to say, it, 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 the sign is when he starts podcasting on your, your date night, on Wednesday yeah. nights. Like that, I think that's when, uh, when, when, when you, you kick into the curb. But yeah, fantasy-wise... Uh, thanks for clarifying, Danielle. Fantasy question. I start to get worried when the playing time goes. I, I yeah. kind of mentioned that, like especially with hitters. Um, 
with hitters, I'm so much more patient on slow starts, so much more skeptical of fast starts because I think they just, they tend to go back to their baseline as long as they have the leash and the ability to do that. So once you start getting demotions, like we just talked about with Dahlbeck, like I don't think that leash is very long. Um, that's where I start to get concerned. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's the playing time. Like even we talked about Carlson got put down to like the seventh or eighth spot in the order. Mm-hmm. That There's only like Grisham. one... Christian, there's only one more place for that to go now. So it's yep. it, uh, it it really feels like those are the guys I get more concerned about as time goes on in the season. And then our last question we have here is from Eric Samolski. Why, why, oh, well, we have this one. Why do we, do I keep holding Trent Grisham? Tangent, the new baseball really killed those guys who had possible 15-15 upside. Most of them are not worth much of anything now. Yeah, you don't, let me, memory here, memory. He is a cut. He was one of the few we were pretty, pretty hard cuts on. So Eric, who, by the way, does excellent. Yes. uh, Two-time FSWA award winner. Yes. Um, Does excellent work. Um, Yeah. Why do I keep holding on to Trent Grisham? I don't know. Are you you friends with him? Did you know him? Go to high school with him? I, I, I'm cutting him. He was one of the, one of the few who we were both pretty adamant about uh, cutting in most formats. He does make Um, a good point there. Those 15, 15 guys. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, those are the very guys who might get hit with that ball. And if the ball changes, maybe those are the guys who make a reap run. the most benefit this summer. Yeah. And I'm with you. I've said it in on different Twitter threads. That baseball's changing. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that baseball's changing. It's going to. Like baseball can't go six months with offense like this and try to keep a fan base. It's not gonna happen. And it's not like, yeah, and it's like you know, I don't want to give MLB too too much and i think a lot of stuff is tongue-in-cheek where like there's a big offensive night and oh they they, yeah. they switch the ball tonight like uh that's mlb is not that good they, they the cannot do off. that <laughs> uh, but they can turn the humidor off they mm-hmm. can they have shown the ability we saw this last year to put two different types of balls in play even though that might take some time to kind of ramp up that production and 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 logistically get those out there it's not an on-off switch um but yeah i agree like the the product that we're seeing on the field which um you know i'm i'm honestly okay with but the masses uh want to see more offense and that's what sells and that's what puts butts in the seats like it, it can't stay this low for um the entire season yeah, it is what it is. Like I'll watch it if it's two to nothing every night or it's a, a million runs. So I'm fine. But if they want to grow the game and make the fan base younger, they need like I think it, again I might be quoting Modique. It was Modique or Rob Silver. It's one of the two. They I think they came out and said, let's not be shocked if like in June they use like um, some of the top young pitchers in baseball, like Dylan Cease and stuff, and they create the new chicks dig the long ball commercial that Gladden and, and Maddox had and Maddox or something like that. And then all of a sudden it's home run derby around baseball because they changed them or something. Like it was funny because they, they really went on a long stretch of things here, but like it's kind of funny if you remember those days, but um, all right, Ryan, we'll wrap it up on that one. Another great episode in the books. Any final thoughts for our panic people out there and the, uh, all the, all the negativity that, that Bloomboard got like my team stinks, which it probably doesn't guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, not, not as much negativity, hopefully more in just, just venting and, and, and support support group for fantasy. Group. Um, no, not, not much to it. Not much to add. I'm glad I figured out my age on the show tonight. I'm uh, glad I'm not the only one that has that problem. I've done that <laughs> so many times. Uh, I got that number wrong, but I, I'm glad I figured that out, even though it'll change here in a couple weeks. And yeah, last thing, if you can pick up Ramon Laureano, he's coming back May 8th on Sunday. Oh. So, uh, it is time for yep. my man to uh, 
to do his thing. Well, let's for just for fun, real quick, whose spot does he take in the A's outfield? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think he takes Pache's spot. I think the glove is too good and they yeah. want to give him yeah. some run. So is it going to be, is it going to be Pinder? Is it going to be Piscotti? Is it going to be I, I, probably Piscotti. Pinder? Go um, but that's such a platoon thing that yep. it's hard to tell. Um, either way, I think I think Loriano is going to obviously play every day. Oh yeah, he's going to for the, sure uh, at the expense of the Scotty. I'm just throwing it out there because for the nine game week and people yeah, start adding point. guys, like all of a sudden if this guy's the one that gets benched the whole time, it's like oh that's a that's a killer. So um, something to pay attention to on Sunday. Who does he start for on Sunday? It's only a one game sample, but we will maybe have helps that a little bit. Point. You're right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. See where that one goes. But uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up here. Stay patient. Lots of uh, positivity. Like I think I told Toby last episode is um, I had a lot of teams like between 10th and 12th place for like the first three weeks. And now they're creeping into at least like fourth through seventh. Like there's so much movement that can take place. It, it's a long, long ways to go. And they might be back to 10th in like two weeks. Like it's just the way it goes. So be patient. Have fun. Long, long season. Check out Ryan on the Twitter at Ryan BHQ. I am at BD Entrick, and we will catch you guys next week.